Hill, Managing Director of Ford South Africa, joins us on what's next. And uh, one of the industries that's undergoing tremendous amount of disruption is, of course, the motor industry. And COVID-19 impacting every industry that, uh, that you know, everyone has been impacted by COVID-19. So, Neil Hill, it's just great to have you on what's next. Firstly, how are you doing? And uh, how's COVID-19 uh, been treating you personally? And how's it been running a organization like Ford uh, under COVID-19? Well, Aki, thank you very much. It's great to be with you today. I mean, you know, so first of all, you can see straight away that I'm not in my normal attire um, that you'd expect, you know, me to be in. So sitting at home, um, where we have been since, you know, we, we globally, Ford Motor Company took the decision that we were going to work uh, remotely as early as the 16th of March this year. Um, okay. And literally, um, you know, we had an experiment in, you know, on a, on a two-day basis with our IT team in the U.S., uh, where we took 8,000 people and put them remotely. And then within two days, we took a decision that we're going to take over, you know, over 100,000 people and have us working remotely. And, um, you know, we made that decision over a weekend. Uh, decision literally was taken Sunday afternoon, communicated Monday. And we've had everybody working remotely in terms of knowledge-based workers, as we would put it. Uh, working remotely from home. And I have to say the technology, the platforms that are out there have made it a, you know, actually quite a seamless experience. So it's worked exceptionally well for us. Um, you know, I think it certainly put some interesting challenges. The, you know, when you try and shut down a business and you, you move everybody out in a period of time, it's, it's quite an interesting mindset. And as soon as we got that done, we then started thinking about what would it take to restart the business. And, you know, that's what we've been working on now. So, um, and, you know, businesses back up and running. We've got the manufacturing team back working. Our dealers are selling cars. And, you know, we, we're seeing the industry starting to recover, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, the economy is in, in a massive mess at the moment, but I'm going to touch on the economy uh, a little bit later on. But um, it, it's interesting that uh, the experience was quite seamless for an organization like Ford, uh, where you've got you know such a vast network of dealers and factories and that, all that sort of thing. Uh, it's interesting how seamless it was for you and that it's coming back together. Um, just in terms of uh, the actual industry itself, um, I was at uh, a dealer the other day and they were just talking about the economy the way it is and uh, people aren't necessarily buying new cars, but they're holding on to their existing cars for longer and they're servicing them and they're looking after them. Um, what kind of trends are you seeing uh, the impact uh, of COVID in the motor industry specifically? So, you know, looking at it, Aki, there's definitely been a definite impact. I mean, so we, we're talking about a potential impact of about 30% in terms of volume, if you look at it from a year-over-year -year basis on new car volume. Um, so straight away, that you know, that's going to have a massive impact in terms of our business, our dealer's business, and elements like that. So the primary focus that we've been looking at is how do we help our dealers through this particular, you know, process? How do we help our customers? Because... You know, dealers are our lifeblood, they're our business partners, and we need to make sure that they can survive and that they are there to provide the service to look after customers. At the same time, we're looking at our customers who might be in financial distress. We've heard about a lot of retrenchments, there's been a lot of layoffs, people worried about, you know, their sources of income. So there was a multitude of different things we did. We made sure that we protected our dealers, deferred what payments we could, you know, that were that they needed to make investments that they were making. 
Um, and then also through Ford Credit, which is our in-house finance company, we also went out and offered um, assistance to our customers in terms of people who might be concerned about their ability to make their next uh, vehicle repayment. Um, and, you know, we had 15,000 customers who took advantage of that and we were able to provide the support that they needed as well. So I think the, the critical thing is that it was a multifaceted approach that we took across the entire aspect of the business, looking at how just to help people. Um, we're seeing shifts into used vehicles, but we're also seeing, interestingly enough, vehicles at the top end. So, you know, we've had very good sales months in June and July and August, you know, already on vehicles like Mustangs and our Ford Raptor that you see behind me, but also the mm -hmm. Wildtrak. Um, so the top end of the market still seems to be holding well. But then we, you know, we're also looking at customers who are going to hold onto their vehicles for a little bit longer. And part of that process then is to make sure that we're emphasizing on our sales activity, you know, on our servicing activities, how to look after customers, offer extensions on warranty plans, yeah. extensions on service plans, affordable servicing packages and all of those sorts of things. So it's been a, a multitude of different responses that we've had across the business. But I mean, the Ford Motor Company is just such a fascinating organization. I mean, what's it? Uh, uh, 1908 was the, the first Model T Ford that came out, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's over 100 years ago. Um, and everything around us is changing. I mean, never mind COVID that's fast-tracked everything. But Ford as a company has been quite interesting to watch because they've really started investing huge amounts of money in R&D, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show earlier this year and admiring that, uh, that electric Mustang, which was just a magnificent-looking vehicle. I know that you're working on uh, self-driving cars and all sorts of other technologies that are built into your vehicles. It must be fascinating for you to see this um, in an industry that's changing so rapidly. Um, what can you share with us about this evolution of Ford uh, that's over 100 years old and a company that's investing in so many different sectors, um, what, what can you tell us about the future of Ford and the exciting advances that are being made on the technology front? Um, Aki, I think, you know, first of all, I mean, 100% correct. We're a company that's been around for over 100 years. We've been in South Africa for 96 years. So, wow. you know, we have a long history and we have a long, a long heritage. But I think the, the real um, secret to our longevity is the fact that we've been able to evolve and adapt and look at trends and, you know, we've been very fortunate in the sense that we've had some very inspirational leaders in the company also looking at future trends and, and picking up those early. So, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, there's there's a whole multitude of different things that are happening simultaneously. There's And part of our creating value platform, if I can call it that, um, is a framework that we look at. And, you know, when you look at it, one of the key building blocks for us is talking about propulsion choices. Um, and, you know, for an automotive company, you know, I keep on re remarking on this to, to people internally when I, when I you know, go through that framework. I say to people, you know, two, three years ago, we probably would have talked, to, talked about engine choices. And it's now evolved to where we're talking about propulsion choices. So it's not a given that the next generation propulsion unit in a vehicle is going to be an internal combustion engine. So we're seeing dramatic shifts already moving away from your conventional internal combustion engines going into battery electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles, you know, what's the source of power? You know, we're using lithium ion batteries now in a lot of our vehicles, but who's to say that, you know, fuel cell technology doesn't advance, hydrogen could be a potential. Um, and the critical thing that Ford Motor Company is doing is it's we're exploring all of those options. So we haven't gone 
and necessarily picked one particular technology. We're looking at a whole multitude of different technologies. Um, so, you know, just in terms of the power sources, that's that's kind of the approach that we're taking. And you're seeing, you know, for example, Mustang Marquee coming out. And who would have thought a vehicle with the Mustang logo on it would be a battery electric vehicle? Um, and then on top of that, you go and explore the capabilities of performance with it. And you do a GT version that's capable of 0 to 60 miles an hour in, in 4.3 seconds. So, you know, you keep the the performance heritage of Mustang but you also bring in the new technology of a battery electric. And, you know, I was recently watching a video clip that was done where they did a 1400 horsepower version of the Mustang Mark E and they gave it to, um, you know, none other than Ken Block to go and drift. And if you go and watch the video, you can start seeing the true capabilities of what we can do with battery electric power and where this is all heading. Um, and it's a remarkable exercise in terms of what the art of the possible is. You then make, you know, things like battery electric technology and, and those sort of developments with the autonomous vehicle side of the business. Um, and you start seeing dramatic potential and opportunities. And, you know, as a starting point, I don't think many people realize that, you know, if you take our top of the range vehicles and our Cougar, our Everest Limited, you know, so the Cougar Titanium, the Everest Limited, even the Ford Ranger Wildtrak, there's a huge amount of technology that's we dub as driver assistance technology that's already embedded in those vehicles, but they all aimed at some form of semi-autonomous driving. And, you know, you think about lane departure, warning, lane keeping aid, those vehicles all have self-correcting or self-adjusting steering systems in them that they're able to read when your vehicle is deviating from the lane that you're in. If you haven't put your indicator on, it says, well, hold on, you're drifting. So it applies a little bit of corrective force to the vehicle to keep that vehicle in the lane that you're traveling in. Mm. That is a precursor to moving to a fully autonomous vehicle. Um, Semi-automatic parallel park, parking, we've got perpendicular parking assist. Um, and there's a whole variety of different things that we're working on that just allow us to have that level of automation in a vehicle that's going to aid the transition into auto autonomous vehicles. So really exciting and i mean there i've just scratched on a on, on yeah. you know just on a surface of it um but it's super exciting no absolutely i mean that i was just thinking back uh, you know growing up in the 70s and the 80s <laughs> it's a it's a long way from the ford escorts of the time uh, where where fords are today and just uh, the the industry itself um some would say that south africa is behind the curve with these kind of advances with electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles are we really that far behind the curve when when can we expect to see more electric cars uh, from ford and uh, you know those fully autonomous vehicles when they when they say that we will be living in the world of the you know self-driving cars within this decade that we're in at the moment is that realistic or are people exaggerating with those time frames uh, I, I think it's very realistic. I mean, when you look at it in terms of the, advent, the, the advances in technology and how quickly this space is moving, it's remarkable. I was, there's, you know, we are reading, an, I was reading an article earlier today about um, a project that we've got running in Corktown, which is in Detroit, where um, they're partnering up with one of the, the large, um, you know, retail, or, or if, um, um, it's basically that property developers, Bosch Automotive Electronics and, and Ford Motor Company to go into autonomous valet parking. 
So, you know, literally to the point you drive into the parking garage, you park in a designated drop-off spot, you push a button on an app on your phone, your car goes off and parks itself. Um, when you want to leave and you need your car, you push the button, the car comes back to a designated pickup spot. Um, so, you know, it's able to navigate within those spaces. So the technology is there. And although that's a pilot, I mean, we, we read about autonomous vehicle experiments or test beds that are happening in cities around the world already today. So we definitely are going to see more and more advances in this particular space. I think the big challenge that the whole world is going to have to wrestle with is the, is the legal framework. Um, yeah. You know, who's actually in charge of driving a vehicle and, and those sorts of elements. So I think that the, the legalities of putting autonomous vehicles on the road in general space are going to be some of the challenges that we need to face and that we need to resolve. Um, and I think that that's something that we're going to need to work very closely with the governments on to address that particular aspect of it. Um, you know, battery electric vehicles, you asked the question, when are we going to see more battery electric vehicles in South yeah. Africa? I think, you know, the, the, the rate at which the technology is developing, not only from ourselves, but also from our competitors, is at such a rate that the cost of producing battery, you know, battery electric vehicles is going to continuously come down. We're seeing it, you know, in terms of the cost of the lithium-ion batteries, um, the infrastructure challenges are going to be overcome. We're going to, you know, you will find solutions for those coming in very, very quickly. Um, I think the one area that we do need to work on, and I know that, you know, from a NAMSA perspective that we're involved with, we're talking to government about it as well, is the the tax and duty regime. And, you know, if we, if the country does have a serious intent about adopting new technology like battery electric vehicles, we're going to need to address the fact that all of the vehicles are coming in at 25% import duty plus ad valorem tax. So yes. there needs to be some public private sector partnership in terms of how do we actually accelerate that and make it more affordable for the consumers. But, you know, range anxiety is becoming a thing of the past that there used to be in terms of battery electric vehicles, the costs are coming down. It's moving, it's going to move out of your more expensive vehicles and, you know, the halo products that we've been seeing up until now. Um, to ultimately becoming more affordable technology. We are, you know, we've got multiple different options that are open to us in terms of vehicles we can bring to South Africa and we continue to to monitor the situation very carefully. I think the key thing is we don't want to do it as a marketing exercise. We want to do it as a proper uh, exercise where customers have the ability to access the vehicles. It's affordable. They enjoy the experience yeah. um, and all of those components come with it. Okay. No, because I'm just looking at your competitors, for example, and, you know, quite a few of them have already got electric vehicles in the country. Um, but I saw, I read in between the lines, Neil, I don't want to push you for an answer, but is that electric Mustang going to be making its debut in South Africa? <laughs> we are talking a lot, into, we're talking a lot to the organization. I think, you know, there's also um, a, a pecking order or priority order in terms of which markets. We certainly indicated a, an interest in terms of making it available in South Africa. Uh, no confirmed plans at this particular stage, but we continue to, to explore opportunities. And it'd be fantastic to have a vehicle like that, which is just such a showcase of yeah. technology for the Ford brand uh, in South Africa. But the, the, does Ford have um, any kind of time frame, not necessarily for the Mustang, but uh, a vehicle to enter, an electric vehicle to enter into the South African market? Is it something that you hope to have within the next two to three years, or is the time frame longer? Um, and I guess it's difficult to tell because the market is still in its infancy, but it does seem to be growing. And I look at myself as a consumer, for example, 
And um, I'm thinking seriously that the next car I get, I want it to be an electric vehicle. So is it on your roadmap? It is. I wouldn't say that we've got a, 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 an immediate a short-term plan. Um, I think also the, the key thing there is that we're looking at it on the basis of being able to react very quickly. And I think that that's the advantage of, you know, the Ford stable that we've got a variety of different options open to us. So we, we've got the ability to react very quickly. Um, I think if you come back to COVID, I think COVID has certainly had an impact on, you know, the South African industry as a whole. We think that we're going to see an extended period of time for recovery. Um, but that said, if the if the appetite, if the demand is there, we will certainly be in a position to react very quickly and add uh, vehicles from the Ford portfolio to the to you know to the stable um, and be able to offer that. So, you know, I think we've got our options open. We you know we're gonna we'll monitor it very closely, but yeah, we'll be yeah. ready to react as soon as it, it becomes viable and 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 you know there's a competitive requirement for it. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of COVID, Neil, um, I know that many industries have had their supply chain interrupted by COVID-19. Ford Ford South Africa, have you been impacted? Are things back to normal with your supply chain? Supply chain is running smoothly, um, Aki. You know, we've had, you know, naturally we've been very conscious of our suppliers. We've worked very closely with them, also being a globally integrated uh, company, you know, there's also supply chains or supply that comes from outside of South Africa. So yeah. we've been monitoring that very closely. Uh, China at the very early onset of COVID was affected and we monitored our parts coming in from there very carefully. But I think that that's the beauty and the power of a global organization like we have is the ability to react very quickly and mm-hmm. to and to understand and see the warning signals. So we saw very early on in January already that COVID was going to become a big thing and um, started making contingency plans and, and elements like that. Naturally, the two months that we were down, which was really the whole of April and May, where we didn't produce, gave us a little bit of breathing room. Um, but we've had very smooth, yeah, very smooth production since we've started. Um, the plant has continued to run. Uh, we're seeing our order bank from you know export countries starting to pick up again. So, you know, encouragingly, it seems that we're working our way through it, and you know, we've continued to really pay. Um, critical attention to our employees because you know it's very very important that our employees were safe throughout this period we put a lot of contingency steps in place um, making sure that we were monitoring their health um, you know giving them the care and assistance that they needed um, and to be able to look after them as we as you know as we have to uh, because they're part of our family yeah yeah Neil Hill uh, managing director of the Ford Motor Company for sub-Saharan Africa uh, my final question to you is, it could be uh, personal, uh, you know, your, these strange circumstances that we are in at the moment. What's been your aha moment since uh, this lockdown started? Uh, have you looked at perhaps business differently? Many people are saying they're spending a lot more time, time with their families. What's been Neil Hill's aha moment uh, during this lockdown? Um, good question. I think for me, the real element has been the ability for the organization to adapt in incredibly trying periods and the resilience of our people um, with the right platforms, with the right ability, you know, the right capabilities. We've, we found this to be a pretty seamless, I'd say it, it's been a seamless process. And, you know, I just look at the, the resilience of my team and the ability to cope with these incredibly volatile, um, you know, sort of environment and, to stay focused on the end, you know, on, 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 you know, what it is that we do, what we need to do. 
um, and the unity that it's pulled together. Um, I think also the other critical thing is investing time and attention to, to three critical factors. One, taking care of yourself. Two, taking care of those around you. Um, and three, you know, understanding that you can't control, you need to control the controllables. There's certain things that are beyond your control. Um, and, you know, really focus on those different elements. Um, but investing time in, your, in yourself um, and team members has been very important. Neil Hill, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, wishing you well. And uh, uh, all those new products that you spoke about, uh, the Ford Motor Company. And uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting journey that we've got ahead of us. A tough one because it's, there's no doubt the economic impact uh, is being felt in the motoring industry. But I'm pretty sure the recovery will be just as quick uh, into the future. Thank you for your time. We wish you well. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, let's hope that the, the economy recovers quickly. We all need it.